All righty, we are rolling. Welcome to season three of Unentitled Sports. I know it has been a healthy minute since we have uh, last uh, published these so cherished episodes, but we are back. Uh, life has been very busy for us too, especially Lucas. Uh, our very own Lucas Watkins has graduated with a Bachelor of Science. Correct, correct. With uh, with physics from the prestigious uh, institution that is University of California, Santa Barbara. Um, so... We've been very busy with that. Congratulations, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you very much. You and, forgot my uh, statistics minor. It's important. Yes. Yeah, sorry. How entitled of me. I know. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is uh, busy working his uh, official full-time big boy job now, you know, uh, with fiber optic cables and ending world hunger and curing cancer. All of the above. Very unentitled. Um, but we uh, have lots and lots to talk about Uh because of our two-month absence. Uh, and the first topic of discussion is a somber one. Uh, I believe this was the last official nail in the coffin for the A's stay in Oakland. They purchased a binding, or they signed a binding agreement to purchase land in Las Vegas. And that seems to be all she wrote. The A's will be playing in Las Vegas, uh, I believe sometime between 2024 and 2027. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to see that like Las Vegas A's um logo <laughs> like it was yeah crazy anyway, it, crazy it, wasn't the first word i had in mind but <laughs> you know for me from from an outside perspective obviously you have a much deeper connection with the team but from my perspective you know I, i've seen it just going downhill and downhill and downhill and too. to the point where this year you know we're looking at an a's roster that is an unprecedentedly garbage team like a team that is gonna be like it's gonna be the worst team in the league this year I would wager that it's probably going to be the worst team, maybe not record wise, but talent wise of the last 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, it was really only two options for the A's and uh, clearly it, it wasn't going to work between the city and the ownership. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the city and the ownership in just a sec, but you, you do, you do seem to be forgetting one Brent Rooker uh, who is putting up MVP oh, yes. like numbers for the A's. This dude, I had never heard of this guy before. Um, he he's not a rookie, so he's not going to win rookie of the year. But this dude is first in the league in OPS and top ten in both batting average and home runs and RBIs. Uh, this guy is through granted a small sample size, uh, a legitimate All Star uh, for the Green and Gold. And then after that, it gets a little bit worse. It's so sad. This would have been a perfect player for the A's to trade to the Yankees in three years, right? Yeah. Like, well, hey, the, like he... the, the the Yankees to A's pipeline is or A's to Yankees pipeline is always open. It's so like, I, you know, this is equally as, as tough of a loss as it is for A's fans, as it is for the Yankees farm system. Right. Um, yeah. Because you lost your quadruple A team. Like they're moving <laughs> to Vegas and they're really hoping to like somehow compete against you. Like, so, mm -hmm. so now it's a, it's a whole other beast um, for Brent Rucker. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that he will stay with the A's and sort of become like, you know, if he can continue to be good and then eventually be like the Las Vegas A's, you know, guy, um, that'd be cool, you know, to, to sort of break the cycle. But the way that it goes right now, this cycle for uh, any player in his situation is, you know, two years, three years, like being pretty good for the A's and then you're gone and you get some draft compensation and some, some more farm guys back. Um, so, uh, I don't know what's better for him. Do you, what do you think is better for him? Become a franchise guy in Vegas for the first, the first franchise guy or go, uh, go be a Yankee. Uh, his, it's not even a second thought. Get the fuck out of Oakland. Um, 
Well, he, and, he will be getting out of Oakland. Well, that yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. He's he's turning 30 before the A's move to Vegas, so he's gone. Um he, mm-hmm. you know, uh I, I I think it's hilarious what you said about the the Yankees quadruple A team. Um it it's like they got promoted uh from mm-hmm. from triple A. Um and yeah, yeah, so this is a sad sad day for the Yankees too. They they lost their best prospect pipeline. Um but uh Brent Rooker's gonna look great in pinstripes uh in August. Um yes, sir. Uh, but yes, uh, the city versus the ownership, that, that's a, that's something I did want to talk about, um, who, it, you know, obviously the answer is both, um, but who is more at fault because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a dysfunctional and disorganized and piss broke city, um, trying to, uh, negotiate with a disorganized, dysfunctional piss broke baseball team. Um, yeah. and you know, I've, I've sort of heard, I, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, real, real life adults about this, um, who are, you know, a little bit more well-connected with the situation. Um, and I've, I've heard both, you know, when I talked, uh, with Casey Pratt at ABC seven, um, he seemed to think the onus was on the ownership because, you know, John, you know, this is a fact that John Fisher has more than enough money, more than enough money to make the A's decent, much less competitive. And, you know, here's the thing, if the A's figured out how to, how to be competitive, you know, for a couple years at a time, without any money if john fisher just put in an average amount of money which he has more than enough money for the a's are a great franchise but john fisher doesn't seem to give a fuck um and so there's that but there's also the city too you know the the city let vegas walk they let the warriors walk and you know know, let's let's be real with ourselves here it's oakland you know they've got you know they're not exactly the the most functional uh city on this on this great earth of ours and they're not exactly the most competent government um but at the same time you know the eight you know this or sorry the city of oakland has bigger priorities than keeping a baseball team but you know i i do it does seem like the city did not seem as interested in doing what they need to do to keep the team as they should be you know especially after losing the warriors and the raiders so yeah, like the the main piece of content that I consumed with with regards to the the A's leaving Oakland and, and the city versus the team was it was in a press conference that I believe it was the the mayor of Oakland held um, after the announcement was was made and and she basically um, outlined how she felt that there was no real attempt by the team to stay in Oakland. Um, from her perspective, she felt like they weren't they weren't agreeing to the things that they needed to agree to in order for it to get done all with the idea that they would eventually just fall apart in this, in this, you know, this, this negotiation and then just go to Vegas where they can eventually make more money. And I think that that tells me two things. I think that, you know, that could be true. That could be true that uh, they just wanted to make more money and, and go to Vegas. And that's, that's a very real possibility. But what it also tells me is that there's an aspect of bitterness that's coming from the city. And there's no way that this was like a productive negotiation if it's right. become personal, right? Like if at this point it's it's now like you're you're blaming people and it's and it's getting like, you know, you're you're assuming that the other the other party is being deceitful. How is a city and a team going to actually get anywhere if that's the culture that's going around it? So um my my thoughts from that are that it, it you know and this is the truth which is that it's both both people's fault but um i think that it's very much the fault of the oakland days for not um doing a better job but 
it's also probably true that you know the owner wanted to get out anyway so yeah well yeah and you know here here's the way i see it if the a's are going to spend x amount of dollars to move to vegas and build a stadium there or x amount of dollars to build a stadium to stay in oakland you know if you're if you're spending the same amount of money either way from a business standpoint, it does make more sense to go to Vegas because Oakland very clearly wasn't working out. So, you know, if, if Oakland wants to keep the A's, they need to make it cheaper for them. Um, and it didn't, see, you know, from from the literature I've read, it doesn't seem like the city of Oakland cared enough to do that. Um, and from a business standpoint, you can't really blame the A's for walking, you know, because if they're going to spend a billion dollars, they should spend it in the city where they're going to make more money. But at the same time, you know, very crooked from the A's to pretend like they were, you know, if, if they planned to move to Vegas the whole time and they just did this whole, you know, like these, you know, it's, it sort of seemed like you were suggesting they were like, you know, going into these it, like bad faith negotiations where they just did it to do right. it, to, to deflect yeah. responsibility and make it seem like, Oh, I, we tried. Um, and I, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. I totally wouldn't put that past them. And especially with how much the A's marketed themselves as rooted in Oakland and we're Oakland's mm-hmm. team. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to stay. And, that wasn't true at ever. Yeah. Um, if, you know, again, I'm not saying that's certainly the case, but it, it seems more and more like that was the case. Um, that's definitely on uh, the A's ownership. And, um, you know, my my relationship with the A's and my relationship with professional baseball going forward um, is is a is a uncertain one. Um, just, you know, my I, I'm, I feel very conflicted. Um, you know, it's like, well. Obviously, like I want the A's to stay in Oakland, but maybe moving to Vegas is for the better. But do I even care about the A's if they play in Vegas? And you know, who who you know, it's like, is this Oakland's fault? Is this the A's fault? I just don't know how to feel. Um, and all this so, uncertainty might sorry, all this uncertainty might make me abandon baseball altogether. So the way that I see it, um, Ryan, you're from Danville. Um, and there is one team in the bay. There's one team that's close to Danville. It's the San Francisco Giants <laughs> and Oracle Park isn't going to fill itself. So uh, <laughs> I think, you know, we got, we got, hey, think about it. Camilo Doval, Logan Webb, <laughs> Jock Peterson. You got the new guys. We got Mitch Hanniger, Michael yeah. Conforto, Ross. Well, we got Stipper, Aaron Judge. Oh, Manaya. no, you didn't get Aaron Sean Judge. Manaya. Sean Manaya, true. Sean Manaya, bless that, bless that think guy. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, like, I, I think that the giant, the Giants fan base has always been. Um, the big brother of the A's in a lot of ways, and but not, not only shut the, the fuck brother, up, shut the been, fuck it's up. It's been like it's been the big brother that like you know went to college and got a job, right? It's, the A's <laughs> were were the the little brother who fucked up and started doing crack. Like, I think it's time it's time to finally give in and uh and come stay with uh with Uncle with Uncle G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uncle um... G in the city. Well, it was it was funny when when you were when you were naming all those players that they had and how Aaron Judge wasn't one of them. Um, how many Aaron Judge <laughs> the A's have, bro? Like, yeah, so, no, yeah. The A, the A's the A's manufacture more Aaron Judges than the Giants ever. You know, other than Barry Bonds, maybe. Oh um, yeah, 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 that's right. But uh, <laughs> uh, his his numbers don't count. Um, I don't uh, see and see. Here's the thing. You had me. You had me right until the big brother, until the big brother spiel, and that's exactly why I <laughs> I can't be a Giants fan. Just just the the pompousness and the snootiness and the entitlement. You know, it's the entitlement of Giants fans. Giants fans are entitled, and that is not what we're about on this podcast. I am an unentitled Oakland Athletics fan, and it will stay that way until at least the the A's move out of Oakland. You know what you what you do have going for you is that 
you are truly the most unentitled sports fan. Yes. Because you are no longer entitled to a team to root for. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have restricted your entitlement in 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 the most basic form. So uh at least you know your your validity as the host of this podcast is increased so for real i i just gained a lot of traction and a lot of ground in a in in what we're in our mission statement uh at this podcast um so yeah so i think you know the 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 a's current coliseum lease ends in 2024 i don't know if that's the beginning of 2024 or the end of 2024 i'm not sure um and i i remember reading something that like the a's plan to have their new stadium ready in 2027 so that's you know and again, I don't know if that's beginning or end of 2027. So that's anywhere between, you know, three to five years of the A's signing a short-term lease in Oakland or playing, you know, playing in UNLV uh, or whatever. Um, so, you know, as if the A's needed more uncertainty, I'm not exactly sure what the A's will look like after this season or after next season. Um, and I don't know when this new stadium in Vegas will be ready to go, um, but it does seem pretty set in stone that by – by 2028, the A's will be playing in Vegas. Woo! Yeah. But um, enough of that. Um, it is uh, the best, sorry, the second best time of year. The best time of year is reserved for the Holy Days. Um, but the second best time of year because it is the NHL playoffs, and we have plenty to talk about. Um, and that concludes our NHL segment. Um, and we, we will be talking. Actually, I do want to mention um, the Boston Bruins pulled a 2016 Golden State Warriors but in the first round to an eight seed uh, for he blew a three, one no, lead, right? They, 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 they set the record for wins in the regular season. Right. And then they blew a three, one lead to the eight seed to the eight seed in the first round. The first round. And no one's yeah. going to talk about that. They're still going to see like, right, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's March 1st. And they go, Oh, it's three, one day. Right. Yeah. They're going to yeah, talk Golden about the State, Warriors. State, yeah. The Golden State is still going to, is still the three, one lead team, which is fucked. Um, yeah. But you know, Four ranks. That's right. That's right, baby. Um, so yes, let's let's talk about our bread and butter. Uh, we are in the meat of the NBA playoffs. Um, thank goodness. Um, because the, the playoffs rock. Um, this regular season felt kind of quick. Like it doesn't feel like a year ago that the Warriors were going through their, you know, last year's playoff run. But hey, you know, this is this is the business. Go ahead. Well, there is something that feels like a year, like like more than a year ago. It feels like ages ago, and that's when the Lakers were competing for Wembenyama at the beginning yes. of this year. <laughs> Back when we saw, I I remember the Lakers were what I think they were two and fifteen or three and fifteen. Yeah, some, they were some they were awful record bottom. to start the season, and they literally looked like they were going to be a lottery team, and their pick was going to New Orleans, and it was like. Wow, the, how right. could this possibly get right. worse? Yeah, this, the, like, this is the most embarrassing team. Yeah, they're unprotected. Is, is their first round pick? I mean, it's definitely unprotected now that it's not going to be a lottery pick, but were there any protections on, on this year's pick for them? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so, but I, I can't be sure. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways, um, LA looks, you know, much to my chagrin and much to my humiliation, LA looks great. Um, They beat Memphis in six games, but it was – you know, LA looked a lot better than Memphis did. Um, you know, I kind of wanted both teams to lose. Um, just because, you know, I have made a made my I, I have revolved my media personality around being a Laker hater the past couple years, in addition to being an obnoxious Warriors fan. Um, but I'm still very glad Memphis lost because they they fucking suck. Um, and um they they don't deserve they don't deserve any sort of recognition for any sort of success. 
and they won't be getting any. Um, I think the way I see it is I enjoy, I enjoy it more when the Lakers lose, but I hate it more when Memphis wins. That's how I see it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I think because Memphis is one of those teams where if they win anything, they truly believe that they are the his, history's greatest yeah. franchise. God's chosen team. Yeah. And, and they will tell you that. And, you know, that's just, that's just what it hurts. You know, it hurts, especially coming from a Warriors, you know, standpoint, because the team has risen to the all time uh, echelon. You know, you, you talk about the Warriors dynasty. It's like one of the top dynasties in, in yeah. history. So, I mean, yeah, we talked about it. Back. We talked about it uh, or in the summer. We, we, we ranked this Warriors dynasty with, you know, the, the Spurs and the Lakers is and the Celtics and um, all the, all the, di- and yeah, all the dynasties. Um, yeah. And the Warriors are there and Memphis is not. Yeah. And, um, and they, when they talk about the Warriors, they speak about them as, some, somehow lesser than them. And it just, yeah. you know, it's, it's just infuriating. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say like this, like if, you know, th- this could destroy Memphis, but this could also like, you know, this could be Memphis's boys to men moment Um, in which, you know, I hope it's not, but if, if Memphis acts like grown adult men about this season and, you know, uses this as their boys to men moment, um, Memphis could be a scary team for the next couple of years because um, they, they have all the talent and the building blocks to, you know, maybe not a dynasty, but, you know, make some championship runs. Um, and if, if they put the pieces of the puzzle, they, they, I, I bottom line, I think they have the pieces to the puzzle. They just don't know how to put puzzles together. Um, but if they learn how to put together a puzzle, um, Memphis could be a good team. Yeah. I doubt that Dylan Brooks knows how to put together a puzzle. Um, well, yes. that guy, he has <laughs> um, made some, dumbest moves yeah um, in nba humiliated he, himself yes literally think about this like what five days ago like maybe maybe a week ago he told he said that lebron was old and he didn't respect lebron and he and that they were going to dominate them in the next few games and you fast forward a matter of days that you can probably count on one hand i i can't i don't, I don't know exactly how many days ago it was and <laughs> He is a free agent. He no longer mm-hmm. is not coming back to the Grizzlies. Yeah, he, he lost his job. Taking him back under any circumstances. I know. And not even a vet man. Who is who is gonna sign this guy? Like maybe Phoenix. the Rockets or something? Phoenix is gonna think, sign him. I think oh, Phoenix no. is gonna sign him. I know. Oh yeah. my god, the culture. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um yeah. Um, but no, I mean, but here's the thing. Uh Dylan Brooks literally cost himself tens and tens of millions of dollars by running his mouth. Um, because, you know, before this playoff series, you know, before this playoff series, he hears free agency, he probably gets three or four years at 20, 25 million a year. Um, you know, and now he has to sign a one year mid-level exception. Lucas, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he was worth that. I'm not saying he was worth that. I don't think he does three years at 20 million. He was, he was not, he was never a very good, like offensive player. Not you know, the pet really not since before before Jaw came before Jaw came, he was getting 17, 18 a game on okay efficiency. Um but and but he's he's good at defense. The, and here's the thing. I'm not saying he's worth that. I'm saying there is a team in the NBA who would pay him that. Pay him 20 million? I don't know, man. I don't, uh, that's not the I don't point. know. It, okay. okay, 15, okay. 15 to 25 million. The point you know, okay. and, and sure. a multi and a multi-year deal. Now he has yes, to sign a one year. I don't doubt he, he would get a yeah. contract, some sort yeah. of 
you know, above minimum contract that right. you know, is, is for multi years and he stays in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. That's previous to the last, you know, two weeks of the, of the Grizzly season. Right. Now he's going to sign a one-year mid-level exception. And if he does well, maybe he gets that contract he wanted this year, next year. And if he doesn't, he really fucked himself. You better learn how to speak Chinese, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Neo. <laughs> Neo. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on from Memphis. I would, I'm totally okay not talking about Memphis ever again until October, um, unless they do something interesting in the offseason. Um, so goodbye and good riddance to the Memphis Grizzlies for now. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they are they are in a a tough spot because here's the thing they are you know i've been saying this about la for a couple years it's like they've proven themselves as not good enough and not healthy enough to make make it to the finals for a couple of years now and they didn't do anything about it three or four times in a row and now i think the clippers have to do something about it i i think they are faced with either going you know blowing it up and going down or trying to uh, bring in one more piece um, to what they've already got. Um, But it's very clear that the state of the roster right now isn't good enough to get anything done. I think it's really hard. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, it's really hard if you're a part of the Clippers because you, you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and you, it's hard to believe that if your team wasn't you know if your team was healthy it's hard to not believe that if your team was healthy you wouldn't at least be a contender for a championship and i i think that they still are like it's just so hard because they have never been healthy enough can't say if i I can't say i agree because it's like yeah those are two great players but they play the same position and below that they kind of suck you know it's like we've talked about this before you know championships are won you know by having a good third and fourth best player and the Clippers' third and fourth best players, whoever the fuck they are, aren't good enough for a championship team. Okay. I think they need to bring in a third star. So Preferably Russ, one who doesn't so play Westbrook. the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine the Clippers with Russ, bro. Bro, they'd be so good. Um, I mean, okay, so so when, when Kawhi and Paul George went down, Russ – took over that team and he actually played really, really well. Like he mm-hmm. was, he would look like, he looked like Russ again, you know, he was like getting, I know, which I'm glad I, I like Russ. 25 plus points per game. Um, yeah, it was great. And, and you could tell he was having a lot more fun. Um, you know, I, I have to disagree. I, I know I, I can see where you're coming from. I can totally see where you're coming from, but I just think that if you are a Clippers fan or if you're, you know, you are the Clippers and you have that, you have this talent on your team. It's so rare to like somehow assemble, you know, Two two amazing players on the same team with a decent roster around them. I mean, you know, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, you know, these guys are like, like they're all right. And you know, theoretically, like look, you know, look at look at the Knicks right now. Who's a better roster, like the Knicks or the Clippers? Obviously, the Clippers are a better roster than the Knicks are, and the Knicks might make it to the conference finals. So if you are the Clippers, you're in this situation. It's really hard for them to to blow it up. I say, I say, you got to wait at least one more year, um, go at it again. And if next year it doesn't work, then I think you're looking at some contracts issues also for, for your two guys. And, uh, you know, if, if it's not working at the beginning of the year, maybe, maybe you make the move at the off seat, at the, the, the deadline, you know, deadline. Yeah. um, try to, try to check it out and, and feel out how it's going to be. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, guys like Norman Powell and Terrence Mann and, you know, those kinds of guys, 
I think they have a place Dubash. on a champ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have a place on a championship team and they're good players, but the third and fourth best player on a championship team role, they're nowhere near good enough for that. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I I don't feel super strongly about, you know, I, I don't think the Clippers will blow it up, but we have seen teams blow it up with, yeah, we have seen teams blow it up in better circumstances than the than the Clippers find themselves in. I feel I feel like there are some NBA teams who are very trigger happy to blow it up, and they're you know Steve Ballmer. I don't think he's that kind yeah. of guy, um, but I think mm-hmm. there are some franchises who in the in this Clippers situations, in this Clippers situation would blow it up. Not saying that they should yes. or shouldn't. Um, yes. Moving over to the East, um, we'll move back to the West. Don't worry, Warriors fans. Um, the Miami Milwaukee series. Uh, was electric. Um, shout out Gabe Vincent. Um, he has scored 20 points in either three or four consecutive games. He is second on the Miami Heat in minutes this playoff or minutes per game this playoffs behind only you know some rando named Jimmy Butler. Um, Gabe Vincent, former UCSB Gaucho, he is killing it. Um, Miami is my team in the East. I am you know obviously rooting for the Warriors in the West, but in the East I am rooting for Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler has been balling out of his mind. Gabe Vincent making me proud uh, and just great for Miami and a great series. Cause realistically, you know, Miami, Milwaukee, that's not, that's not a one, that's not a one, eight matchup. That's like a one, four matchup in the first round, which is good to have. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, like Jimmy Butler balled out of his mind. Gabe Vincent did too. Uh, Max Strews, like all of these guys just came alive for that series. Obviously Giannis is down for, for two games, but like it was, it's so hard to say after that series that, you know, the heat, weren't a better team than the Bucks. Like, you know, I'd say on, on, on paper, obviously not, but the way that they played it's, you know, they outplayed them. I don't see that, that series as being, you know, the Bucks, um, like they didn't, they didn't play as well as they could maybe sure they didn't, but I see that so much more as the heat um, rising to the occasion and playing way better than they played all season in the playoffs. Um, and oh, that has to do with all the role players and, and obviously Jimmy who took it to another level. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I relate to him in a lot of ways. You know, we're just two You're dudes, just like him, four bro. years at UCSB. <laughs> you know, I'm like one yeah, year four out. Yeah, four years at like UCSB? <laughs> grinding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> grinding, you know, just balling. Like, you know, who knows where I'll be uh, when I'm his age. Yeah, for real. You could you could, you could, could be hitting threes to the Miami Heat uh, in a couple years, I, Lucas. Just, just, you never keep know. Your, uh, just keep your line open. Um, you know, one, one thing about that series I do want to talk about, too, is that, you know, that whole Giannis – failure speech and there's no failure in sports um i know i know it's you know there there are a lot of people that agree a lot of people that disagree i am pro Giannis in this situation um you know because there there are that you know the Stephen a's of this planet and the skip baylesses of this planet are like kobe would never say that mj would never say that okay Giannis would say that and you know what Giannis has earned the right to say that he's a two-time mvp and in you know and since he's won those two mvps he has set career highs in points, I think twice, and become an NBA champion. So Giannis has earned the right to say that. And just because he doesn't subscribe to this, you know, zero tolerance for failure, zero tolerance for weakness, bullshit ring culture, you know, championship or bus culture, just because he doesn't buy into that and you do, that doesn't mean Giannis, that doesn't mean Giannis isn't him. Giannis has earned the right to say what he says. And Honestly, I think it's a way healthier way to cope with defeat and to grow as a player and a human being. I wanted to ad lib that. That was sick. I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. Honestly, I didn't. I That's didn't agree when you started bars. talking. I was like, I was like, no, like 
he doesn't got that dog. And I was thinking of that. And then, then you kept talking. I was like, Oh wait, that's facts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, I think this Miami Milwaukee series, you know, it sort of begs the question is, is this more that the heat are good or the bucks are bad? I definitely think it's more that, I mean, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, the bucks did lose to an eight seed, but um, you know, in the first round, but I think this is more that the heat are good rather than Milwaukee's bad. Yes. Heat are nice. Yeah. Um, Knicks Cleveland, um, not a whole lot. To, you know, it's a four or five matchup. Anything can happen. I did think Cleveland was a lot more talented and, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was very hot on them. Um, so I'm a little bummed that Cleveland, uh, didn't make it out of that series. Um, you know, my mom's also from the land. So I, I, I like Cleveland. Um, but perhaps the worst part about this is the insufferability of New York Knicks fans whenever they win a playoff game. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, every time that they win, it's like it's like they've won everything in the world and, and the whole street's like shut down. Um, you know, it produces for some some fun moments. But the tough part about it is is the confidence that they end up having in the next years. You know, like like they truly believe that, you know, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and, and right. Jalen Brunson, these are either this is a championship team you know if, right. if they somehow make it out of of the second round and make it to the eastern conference finals they are going to think that they are the second best team in the east and they're probably gonna think that they're the best team no east, chance yeah. honestly <laughs> and it's not even close you know there's three teams in the east that are that are better than them everyone knows it you know the six the celtics and the, and the bucks and then below probably that the heat i too. would say I, I mean, yeah, look at the heat i would say Although the heat that, probably if, better. if the knicks get through this series i think the knicks have earned the right to say they're better than the heat Sure. Um, I don't think that yeah, will happen, I though. I think the Heat are going to win this series. It's just, it just gets really, it gets really tough because also the media like loves, yes. loves New York. They want, want to talk about the Knicks. And you know, mm-hmm. if this was any other, other city, and they were, they were making a run like this, like you know, if it was, let's just say, you know, if it was Indiana that made it past <laughs> I was the first say the same round, thing. the second yeah. round, or Utah, no one would say. No anything. one gives a fuck. And, yeah, New Orleans, yeah, no, no one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's just um, yeah. So let yeah, let's not let's not fall victim to that same trance and talk about the Knicks any more than they need to be talked about because Lord knows they don't need to be talked about. Um, this Boston Philly series is is phenomenal, um, and I think it's the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree with that. You know, these are the two best teams in the East um, that are still remaining. You know, obviously the Bucks would have been a different story, but um, you know, if they couldn't make it past the Heat, I don't think that they can make it past either of these teams. I called. I called and I keep being right. And I actually went back and I, I looked at some of my takes and where I, and I just keep like being correct. You know what my take was? My take was that, that um, the Dallas Mavericks weren't making it out the first round. Right. Mm-hmm. Look how right I was. I was so <laughs> right. Like they didn't even make it the playoffs. Like, that's how right I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was listening to that the other day. Yeah. So, so this is important. Everyone. Um, my original take for finals is uh, it was, it was the nuggets over the Sixers. Um, the Nuggets look great right now. They have a 2-0 lead on, on the Suns, and the Sixers uh, won a game in Boston. It's 1-1 right now, and, you know, Joel Embiid came back, and I think that it's looking pretty good. Um, this is a really good series. I think that, you know, because in the first game, right, they proved, you know, James Harden, if he can come alive and Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxey can come alive, they can win even without, even without Embiid. And Boston played well, too. They shot it well. Um, they shot it well from inside. They shot it well from outside, and they start. They still weren't able to score more points than mm-hmm. the 76ers. So um, I think when you add Embiid, you play much better defense with him. You have a bailout. 
I just hope that uh, James Harden, because I, I am rooting for the Sixers, so I want my prediction to Me come too. true. Also, I don't really like Boston. Me um, too. I, I want Philly to go I, through. I think that, and I think that they absolutely can. This yeah. is a really, really good, really, really good series, though. Super, super, yeah. uh, super even in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It is very even. Um, great job for Philly for winning Game One and getting home court. Um, but they got to defend it now. Um, anything can happen. Um, I, you know, Joel Embiid was awarded MVP today. Um, I was looking into it. I think Jokic played better. However, I do like that Jokic did not win MVP because I, you know, the way that the way that MVP works is is over time. The way that it has worked is in order to win it consecutively, you need to improve. And I don't think Jokic did that, so I don't think he should have won it uh, this year. Um, so I, Bro. I am, I, I, Bro. I am. Sorry, you didn't look at his, his Z Raptor Plus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He improved yeah, every astronomically. Right. Yeah. Um. No. Um. I. I. I think you know because at the end of the day, MVP it's not most valuable; it's most outstanding. And you know, Jokic wasn't didn't improve his outstandingness. Uh, this year, um, he was doing things where he knew he could do. So I. I don't think that merits a third MVP in a row. Um. I also don't necessarily think that MVP. Should work that way, but that is the precedent that has been set. Set uh, in order to follow that precedent, I don't think Jokic deserved a third MVP in a row. Um, so I'm glad. I'm you know I'm happy for Embiid. He he's fun. Um, moving back to the West, um, Phoenix Denver. Um, I think Phoenix was my title favorite um, at the start of the playoffs, uh, but Denver has got something to say about that. Um, I remember saying earlier uh, earlier this season that. You know, my thing with Denver is I'm not going to buy in on them. I'm not going to believe in them until they do it. You know, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, favor Denver until they're already, you know, like until they've already done it. Um, but this could be the series where they prove it to me. Um, cause if they can knock off my championship favorite, that might be, that might be how Denver proves it to me. And that might be how I buy in on them. Yeah, I, I mean, this for me, you know, it's 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 confirming all of my previous biases, all your rightness, all my correctness, you know, as as the, as NBA playoffs tend to do. Um, <laughs> you know, I I believe that that the the Nuggets are a very well constructed team that has been together for a long time, has a lot of history in the playoffs, and is now fully healthy for the first time with a fully loaded roster that is is deeper, I think, than it's ever been. Um, with the best player in the world, if you look at the Raptors. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you add all these things together. It's like, what do you need to win a championship? Well, you need a top five player in the league. Bam, they have that. You need a number two player who can score out of his mind. Bam, they have that. You need a number three who is super reliable and can play good defense and come alive on, you know, on any given night. I think that they have that with MPJ. And then, then you, you know, it continues to go. Like, you know, they got like – you know, you got Aaron Gordon, you got KCP who came alive last night or two nights ago. Um, a lot of like, you know, Bruce Brown plays, played really well. Christian Brown is a rookie. Uh, you know, this, I feel like there's so much talent on this team and the fact that they are so well run, you know, it's like every play that they run on offense looks like it's a play, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. kind of, they're well coached. I, I, I think, I think Michael yeah, exactly. Malone is great. And, and they've been doing it for so long that, you know, this, this, I feel like it, it really comes, it will come out in the playoffs. You know, it's like, that's where this type of 
this type of a team that is is rigidly um, or organized, it works the best is is in the playoffs. You know, and you and when you add on top of the fact you have so much talent, I'm a, I'm a truther. I'm a Nuggets truther, and <laughs> you know the the Suns they have they have Kevin Durant and they have Devin Booker, who are two of the best players on earth. But past that, DeAndre Aiden does not look that good right now. He just does yeah. not look that good. And if Chris Paul is going to be injured, then who is your next guy? It's like you're looking at you're looking at DJ Warren, bro. If if uh if uh freaking um what's his name Jamal Murray if Jamal Murray can recapture his bubble days so can so can TJ Warren. <laughs> um, I actually disagree. <laughs> you know, <I'm> really... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, my... no, that's, that's interesting. No, it's just interesting because like oh, okay. you know, uh, Jamal Murray, like you know, he was amazing in the bubble. But I I truly believe in Jamal Murray. I think he's yeah, I think he's I mean, really really good. Right. Well, my my drawback with Denver is you know. Up until very, very recently, they haven't like impressed me with the, you know, similar to how the Clippers didn't impress me with their three and their four option. Denver didn't impress me with their two and their three option. I think their two and their three options are good players and um, they have spots on championship teams, but I don't know if they can fulfill that um, number two on a number two role on a championship team. Um, and I'm in the process of being of changing my mind. I, I haven't fully bought into it yet, but I'm. I'm now open to the idea, um, especially, you know, seeing how well Jamal Murray's playing. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, bottom line, my thing with Denver is, you know, I'm not going to think they can do it until they've already done it, but them beating Phoenix might be them doing it for me. Um, but not all hope is lost for Phoenix because they still have, they still have their two games at home. Um, and we have seen teams come back from O2 deficits before very good teams, which I think Phoenix yes. can be. Uh, you know, obviously Golden, you know, or sorry, the the Toronto Raptors did it in 2019 um, and then won a championship and they had a great player uh, carrying them. They had a great supporting staff, pretty similar build to what Phoenix has got going on. And we just saw it uh, in Northern California, the Golden State Warriors overturned a uh, 2-0 deficit to beat the Los, uh, sorry, not the Los Angeles, the Sacramento Kings uh, in seven games. So uh, we, we went a whole 30 minutes without talking about the Golden State Warriors, but it is time. Wow. Let us indulge. Let's do it. Um, yeah, seven games for the Kings. I had been quoted saying that it was going to be a sweep. Um, <laughs> we'll forget about that. Wait, 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 wait. Were you wrong? Well, the Warriors did win four <laughs> games. That, that's all that matters. Yeah, that is, yeah that is all that matters. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll count I, it. You know, that's what they say. You know, that one best season ever, we won 73 games. That's what they say. They don't, they don't talk about how many games we lost. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the Sacramento Kings were so much better than I expected. Me too. Especially De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. Those two guys mm-hmm. were uh, incredible. De'Aaron Fox, after this series, it's like, it's really hard to say that he's not a top five point guard in the league. Um, oh, yeah. He's electric. He's fast. He can get that 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 floater from the mid-range and his three-point shooting when he needs to do it. It's taken a, a huge leap this year. It's like now mm-hmm. he's a fully capable shooter and that is what he needed to add to his game and he did it. So now, you know, he's at a, at a completely other level and their offense is so good. You know, it, it like I, I, I didn't believe in the Kings all year. They had such a good season, but I still didn't believe it. You know, it's like, these are the Kings. And then the mm-hmm. way that they held up against the Warriors, my main takeaway from this series, the Kings are fucking good. Yeah, the Kings are legit. Um, did you see that uh, that CBS Sports reel I sent you on Instagram today? No. Okay. Hey. Not doing your homework. Um, no, basically <laughs> it 
you know, you know, the the short version of it is the the Kings are on a very similar development arc as the Warriors were on eight years ago. You know, at, at this point in their respective careers, you know, De'Aaron Fox is in a very similar spot that Steph Curry was in, and the Sacramento Kings are in a very similar spot that the Golden State Warriors were in. Um, so, you know, and obviously for the Kings to turn into a dynasty, a lot more has to continue going right. And a lot more, you know, they have to keep getting really lucky and there's no guarantee that they will, but there are a lot of similarities to, uh, the Warriors come up, um, that the Kings, you know, that the Kings have with themselves. Um, so, um, I'm very happy for Sacramento. Um, I think the the Warriors winning in seven games is, is the happiest scenario for me because obviously the Warriors go through, but I like the Kings. Um, and this is good for the yeah. Kings and the Kings, you know, even though the Kings lost the series, I feel like they, you know, this was a good experience for them taking, you know, a dynasty to, to seven games. Uh, you know, they're they're And, you know, you know, if they get swept, maybe they suck next year. But since they took the Warriors to seven games, I think they, you know, they have earned the right to be taken seriously next year and they will, they will keep being good. Um, and yeah, I, you know, really bright days in Sacramento. I think you're right because this is definitely a win, win, win. The way I see it, it's you a know, win Sacramento. for a great, great, great for NorCal. Yeah, totally. I mean, because it could have gone so bad in Game Seven if we had lost, it would have been yeah. so bad. You know, the, oh, the yeah. clowning would have, would have started. That, that the dynasty would have died. Losing to the Kings yeah, in the first round—that is—that is how a dynasty ends. That's true. That is true. But instead, we got Steph Curry's maybe his, his best playoff. Maybe his best playoff performance ever. Yeah. Um. And it, you know, watching that game was just insane. The guy was just mm-hmm. completely on fire, could not be stopped. It was just a classic Steph Curry takeover game, and and mm-hmm. to do it in a game seven on the road, mm-hmm. absolutely insane. It just adds to his greatness and to his legacy. So it's like it could have gone so bad. Like I was so nervous. Yeah. I, honestly going yeah. going into that game. I was like, how can this possibly be good? Like, I'm like, we're to lose and we're going home. We just, like, yeah, we just lost Raymond's game six gone, at home. Like, now we have to win. Yeah. 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 yeah we no, keep in mind the, 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 the backdrop in which we won that game, which was losing game six at getting blown out at home in game yeah. six. Um, and we, you know, uh, got, you know, took care of business on the road in game seven, which was always good. Um, I think, you know, I think the Kings are a better version of Sabonis. Uh, away from winning that series because I, I think that I think the biggest X factor in that series uh, was Sabonis underperforming. And if Sabonis plays at the level he played at in the regular season, uh, <laughs> yeah, that might, it might've yeah. been bad. Um, so, so that's actually like just to, to lead into the next series that we're probably going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Davis is Sabonis with the jumper. Yeah. The way that I yeah. see it. And he's and, tall. And, and at man more athletic. And more athletic, and and the way you know the way he dominated us in game one, it yeah. was like it's like how are we going to guard this dude? Like mm-hmm. he is fully healthy, he is playing at his best, and that's what the Kings needed. You know, it's Sabonis. Sabonis, he couldn't shoot, and he wasn't very fast, and he he wasn't very big. You know, Looney was able to get rebounds over him, but the way that what he had twenty three rebounds. Anthony Davis had twenty three rebounds, thirty points. Yeah, he was well, dominant. Well, here's the both both Looney and both Looney and Davis had 20 plus rebounds in game one, mm-hmm. which is like, well, no, this was yeah. this, the, the, the most concerning thing for me after game one, I did think that we weren't going to win the game going into it because I felt like we were coming off of game seven. 
Curry just laid it all out there. He's going to try to get other people involved, and the Lakers have, have more rest, and they're very, very hyped for this. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. What, what did I start talking about there? Uh, you, you, oh, I thought we were going to lose. Yes. I thought we were going to lose. Um, it's all part of the plan. Don't worry. The, the, the plan, what, you, what, you were, what you were talking about is how the Warriors are going to win the next four games. Um, yes. Don't matter. Yes. Um, oh, I don't know. I, yeah. This is what it was. I thought we were going to lose. But the fact that we all played well. Yeah, the Jordan fact that we Poole played well and lost. Played well. Is, stings. Kevon Looney got 20 rebounds. Steph Curry got six threes. Clay Thompson got six threes. Mm-hmm. And we still lost. Yeah, that's, that's that's different. That's troubling. Yeah, because yeah, that that proof. You know, here's the thing. I would rather I would rather both teams play bad and us lose than both mm-hmm. teams play well and us lose. Here's the thing. You know, the Warriors lose so many of their games because they played bad. Um, yeah, and that's okay because you know it's like all right, we play well, we win. Now it's kind of like, oh shit, maybe the Lakers are good, and maybe they're gonna beat us because they're a better team. Um, which <laughs> that's, is that's, yeah, and that is a good. that is a reality. I am wholly unprepared uh yeah completely unprepared to to accept because you know uh, yeah as i mentioned earlier i have made a you know i have rooted my personality in being a laker hater and being an obnoxious warriors fan um and if the warriors lose to the lakers in the playoffs oh i like my my world my world shatters you know like i I honestly like i'm gonna have to block coburn yeah yeah hey at least you don't live with them anymore i I live right next door to this guy um, and it's yeah. you know, and honestly, like, if 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 karma's even a little bit real, I deserve it because I put Coburn through hell the past year yep. or two, sure. uh, <laughs> and and he, you know, and if the if the Lakers win this series, I deserve every ounce of shit he's gonna throw my way. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, what you know, I didn't watch Game One. Honestly, with the whole, I haven't watched as much as the playoffs. I, I, I watched the end of game one, but I haven't watched as much of the playoffs as I would have liked just between school and, you know, traveling. Um, but, you know, hopefully um, I, I, you know, I am not, you know, I have been way closer to the panic button so many times this season uh, with the Warriors. You know, obviously I'm concerned we lost game one um, and I don't want to lose game one, but I'm not, you know, I'm not panicking. I, I think, you know, we, we still have control of this series. Um, cause you know, we, we've, we've been here before and the, and the Warriors are still the Warriors. Yeah. 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 True. True. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have it be Anthony Davis than LeBron James. So, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I like, you know what I mean? I'm saying like, because LeBron is not the guy that is like dominating right now, you know, well, it's, can, it's been one game. It's been on... one game. No, no, LeBron could certainly dominate. It's true. You know? <laughs> but, but LeBron, LeBron also in the first round, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't LeBron in the first round either. It was AD. So I'm just assuming that it's not going to be LeBron because if it was LeBron, I trust LeBron to, to not give up. You know what I mean? I trust yeah. LeBron to to bring it every game. AD, he's gonna slip up. He's gonna slip up one of these games. Yeah, I mean there, yeah, there is the Warriors still have a guaranteed three games for one of them to snap their Achilles. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Knock on wood. I I, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I, them, I mean, I want, you know, 80 or LeBron, um, I know, I know what you're trying to say, but, but yeah, also, yeah, if you're wishing it on them, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I would never do that. 
Um, but <laughs> no, 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 because Clay Thompson, bro. You know what yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're all we're all knocking on wood, and we're you know in in all in all seriousness, we are not wishing any players to get injured. You know, I I know uh, a ton of NBA players love to listen to this podcast. Um, so I, I, I do I do so I do sorry. apologize if, if if that if that if that joke was offensive. Um, but in all seriousness, um, uh, I hope no one gets hurt. Um, but uh, but yeah, this you know it's it's gonna be a great series, and I'm I'm you know it's going to be good for basketball. Absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm very blessed that we get to see this, uh, this match. Yep. Very, very unentitled. Um, all right. It is, it is a, it is a whole whopping five minutes past Lucas's bedtime. Um, he sure. has his big boy job to go to tomorrow. Um, but we are really excited to be back and really excited, uh, to get season three up and running. Um, a little sneak preview into the future of unentitled sports, no guarantees, uh, on episodes and other uh, fun happenings uh, through realistically June. Uh, but come July, depending on my uh, internship and career situation, uh, there is a chance I invest a lot more of my time and resources into unentitled sports. Uh, that could look like uh, regularly scheduled or regularly scheduled and posted episodes, guest stars, and social media content. Um, so big things coming soon for unentitled sports. I'm really excited. Um, you know, I think this is going to be really fun for me. And hopefully uh, I have the opportunity to make something, uh, you know, this podcast is already probably a, the, the best podcast of all time. Um, but I, I look sure. forward to, I look forward to expanding the gap between us and the competition. Uh, so stay tuned, uh, fellow unentitled fans. And uh, Lucas, any closing remarks? Um, no, I have to go to bed. All right. Go Dubs. Go Dubs. <laughs>